The call to draw near to God, next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Virtually any concern or question you might have in this life can be answered in one summation, draw near to God. Hi, and welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Our weekend studies in Hebrews will continue today, chapter 10, focusing in on verses 19 through 25. Make it a point to join us today and be encouraged in the God that you and I serve. Draw near to God. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We've been looking at the past, what Christ has done, how he's exceeded everything the law ever said. He's a better priest, better sacrifice, better everything. And so he's been laying that down for 10 chapters. And he tells you not only is he that, but, and we'll repeat and we'll look at what he has done in us because of the cross. And then he's going to wind up here giving us in this flow three exhortations. And we want to look at those in some detail. But let's begin with verse 19. Therefore, and when you see therefore in the Bible, what should you ask? Brilliant, brilliant. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, since this is true, what ought we to do? And then just think of a green salad, three lettuce. You ready? You didn't get it. Let us, let us. Now watch this. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with tear water. Let us hold fast. There's our second. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And thirdly, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want to look at... uh, Two things to bring us up to these exhortations. The work Christ has done for us. Two, the work that Christ has done in us. And then three, the work he wants us to do in response to him. So the work he's done for us, summarizing, bringing up, I think if you thought of three words, blood, body, high priest. All the way through Hebrews, he's saying Christ's blood is superior to animal blood. Animal blood could never forgive and get rid of sin. Christ has come 
one sacrifice for all time, seed it down. Your sins have been dealt with by the blood, the violent, vicious death of Christ on behalf of our sins. The blood of Christ. The body of Christ, he says here, is likened unto the curtain that kept you out of the presence of God. If you knew the Old Testament furnishings, you know you've got the tent, and then you go into the first outer court, and we've got the table of shoe bread, we've got the candelabra, we've got the laver, we've got the brazen altar, uh, all of that in there. But to go into the Holy of Holies, you have the inner curtain that only the high priest could enter once a year for no more than five hours because of the many sacrifices that occurred. And to get beyond that, brought you to the Ark of the Covenant, the Shekinah glory dwelling over the mercy seat. And here the writer says, Christ is the curtain that had to be rent to get you into the presence of God and he has died, and his body has been rent, as it were, so that all divine obstacles to you ever getting into the presence of God have been removed. This is phenomenal to say this to a Jew. You know, if you told a Jew, draw nigh to God, get into his presence. Imagine this, I'm the high priest, and a descendant of Moab comes to me. Uh, I like to get into God's presence. I say, uh, you can't. He told the descendants of Moab, for 10 generations, you are forbidden to even be around the tabernacle or around any temple. There's a curse on you. So you're from the wrong tribe. Move on. Oh, well, I'm a Reubenite, and I want to get in. Uh, you're the tribe of Reuben. We can't get you in. Why not? I'm a Jew. Uh, you, you've got to be of the tribe of Levi. And then eventually a Levi comes and says, hey, I want to get into the presence. Yeah, I'm sorry, you can't. Why not? I'm a Levite. Are you of the household of Aaron? Uh, uh, no. And then you're of the household of Aaron, and, you, and only one is picked. So the whole nation, once a year, had the sense we get into God's presence without anybody being killed. And now the writer of Hebrews is saying to these believers that have trusted Christ, we've been delivered from the old system. A new system has come. My blood has sacrificed and satisfied God. My body has been rent. That's the curtain that held you out. I'm the way, the new and living way unto God. And by the way, I am the household priest that runs this whole thing. I'm up here. You can get into the very third heaven now. Through Matter of fact, I've arranged it so you can live with me in the third heaven forever. You talk about living in God's presence. All this happened from blood, body, and him being the high priest. Now, he goes on to say, uh, but the blood on the cross, if it stayed there and was never applied to you, you could never approach God. 
And so he lets them know this blood had to be applied by faith. And he tells them in chapter 9, the blood of Christ, when taken by faith, has cleansed your conscience. He's sanctified you. said that in chapter 10. He's perfected you. He's forgiven our sins. He's appearing in heaven for us. He put away our sins. He made a new covenant with his people in which he did a work inside you. And he said, I won't ever remember your sins again. They're put forever behind you. So that we are a people that not only believe the cross, but faith receives the benefits of what Christ did. It's been applied to our heart. So then he lays this down and he says, but this is how I want you to respond to this God. How should I respond? This is great, all this theology that we've been wading through chapter after chapter. What does God want me to do? He wants you to draw near. He wants you to draw near. And listen to what he says. How you're to draw near. He says, watch now. He says, we come by the new. And you know what the word new, the literal meaning of it meant freshly slain. It's actually fresh. We come to a fresh way. And, and it's a living way. We don't come by killing animals anymore. We come through a living Christ. That he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And now we have this great high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart. And a true heart simply means no duplicity. Sincere. You're not divided. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. And you come sincerely. When you read in the Old Testament, he had a perfect heart toward God. Nobody is perfect. That is without sin. But the idea was they were sincere. They were loyal in the heart to God. Even with all the, even David. He's a man after my own heart. He said, boy, he doesn't look like it to me. God said it, not you. God said it. Overall, his sin was the exception. His sin, God forgave, but his overall bent was he had a heart for God. And here he said, come with a sincere heart, and then he wants you to come in full assurance of faith. That is, he doesn't want you to come doubting all the way. Does he really mean it? Is this really ours? He said, I want you to be assured fully, completely, on the basis of what Christ has done. God wants you to come, and you can come. No fear, no trepidation. Chapter 4, he said, come boldly. Come with confidence. Not, not, uh, I, I don't know if it'll work. I, I, ooh, we've been doing animals. I, I've never seen this way. Come holding with full assurance that what he has said, he will do. So you just hold on to it. And then we are people 
who've had our hearts sprinkled with the blood, the blood of Christ has been applied to us, and our bodies are clean. Now remember, the Old Testament priests were always washing at the laver, all clean, clean, clean. Imagine staying clean in that culture without a shower, without a wash machine. Think of, they said, you gotta wash your body, Talked about the sons of Aaron when they entered their duties. They sprinkled blood, put on the ear, put on the forehead. Blood would be applied. And then, be sure you bathe. You bathe, you bathe. Now he says to you, in God's sight, child of God, he says, the blood has been applied to your heart, and he has cleansed you in the sight of God. You've had the bath of regeneration, and you come now as clean, fit, and invited to come into the presence of God. He's qualified you to do it. And he's taking care of your evil conscience. And he says, draw, draw near to God. It's an amazing thing that James 4, 4, or rather 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Let me ask you, what all has God done to draw nigh to you? Well, Bethlehem, we could start there. He left the throne came to a manger in Hebrews 10, 5 through 8. You're sick and tired of sacrifices, so you prepared a body for me, and I've come to fulfill thy will and the volume. Why are you coming? I want people to know me. I want people to be able to come to God. I'm tired of people going to hell. I'm going to send my son to change the course of history. Oh, uh, by the way, Bethlehem's not far enough. Uh, I'm going to meet you in Gethsemane. I'm going to meet you at Golgotha. I'm going to meet you at an empty tomb that he occupied for three days. I'm going to go back to heaven. All of this, he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you think God has gone out of his way to draw nigh to you? He's come within reach. We've seen God. We've touched God, John says. We've heard him. For 33 years, we examined him, heard him, never caught him. He came close. Now God says to you and I, you reciprocate and draw nigh to God. How do you draw nigh to God? Well, he said, having your heart taken care of, your conscience. I think it's interesting in drawing nigh. Have you ever been in a group? Just to show that this drawing nigh isn't going to a place. Go to Jerusalem. No, 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 no. Drawing nigh is in your heart vertically. You could be in the midst of a, a mall, and you could be having fellowship and communion with God. You can be in this building and not be drawing nigh. I, drawing nigh is not spatial. I had a man tell me one time, said, uh, I prayed, God be with us. Um, let us sense your presence. And 
He said, well, I thought God was omnipresent. That's an unscriptural prayer. And I said, well, he's told me to draw an eye. How do you draw an eye to someone that's everywhere? If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Where can I go that he's not? In the Psalms 139, he said, if I to take the wings of the morning, I'd find you there. If I should go the highest heights, I'd find you there. Go the lowest depths, you're there. So how do you draw nigh to someone that's everywhere? Can't be spatial. It's relational. It's relational. You see, uh, you, you, you get in a home that's not doing good, in a marriage that's in trouble, a marriage that's cooled off and going astray, you can say, we're still together spatially, but we're not together relationally. And that great country theologian said, there's a stranger in my house. I love the arrangement, but it's a sad story. Ronnie Millsap. There's a stranger in my house. I'm looking at you, babe, and spatially, we're sharing the same bed, we're sharing the same kitchen table, but somebody else is in this house besides me. What is it? You're carrying on a relationship with another man in your heart, and my home is falling to a stranger in this house. The relationship has been intercepted. There's a rival. There's a rival. God kept calling Israel his wife, and the nations were trying to seduce his wife. They were trying to give rival pleasures. Seek our gods. Seek our ways. And God said, draw, draw nigh to me. Draw nigh to me. It's not spatial. It's relational. Well, the Jews got so good at religion, uh, they do all the sac sacrifices, all the ceremonies. And Isaiah said, wait, wait, stop. Stop. I'm sick of your sacrifices, and I'm sick of you coming to me with lips whose hearts are far away. I love you, babe. No, you don't. You know you're lying. It's just a cliche. I love you, Jesus, but, but you know I'm going to live with her anyway. I'm going to stay in an immoral life, but I sure love you, Jesus. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, what's, uh, what's obedience got to do with it? Well, ask Tina, what's love got to do with it? Huh? What's love got to do with it? Let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. I, I don't want to love you, babe. I just want you to give me a one-night fix. Ain't any love involved here. And here he says, draw nigh to God. He, he provided the sacrifice. He provided the cleansing within us. He's done a work in us. Now, what does he want the regenerate heart to do? I want you, O oh God, like a deer that is panting for water in a dry place. I long to be in your courts. I long to have fellowship with you. I want a relationship with God. Can you lose it? Can you lose that closeness? Ephesus, you used to love me, but you don't anymore. You've left the first love. How can I get back? Repent. 
Do your first works all over again and ask me to renew you, for you've lost the first love. How did you get lukewarm, Laodicea? We, we just cooled off degree by degree. And now, uh, but while we stay in church every week, we keep up a manufacturer still on the board. We just don't love God like we did when we first got We got over it. Get over it. You're not supposed to be getting over the relationship. You're supposed to say, this is just beginning in time, what I'm going to be doing for eternity. I had to see a film years ago when I was at uh, seminary. Howard Hendricks assigned it, and it was called The Chosen. And it was a film about uh, Zionists going back to Israel in 1948. The liberal Jew and the radical, maybe orthodox Jew. And it was a moving story of, of all, the founding of Israel as a state and all like that. And so it was showing all the diversity of opinions in the Jewish community and how hard it was to bring them together in 1948. But as it went and showed all this strife, even in the Jewish community, at the end of the film, it had a closing line that was right there on the screen, never forget it, that a, it was the words of a Jewish father to a son who had left and broken relationships with him and his wife, gone in a tiff, and he wanted to make things right. And so he made contact with his dad, and he said, I, I, I like to be reconciled. I like to come back, if that's okay with you. And on the screen, they put this, the Jewish father's comment was, you come as far as you can, and I'll come the rest of the way. Are you here and you feel far, far from God, even though you're in a, a church gathering? You may have been hiding a wedge of gold in your heart, and you've been fostering a secret sin and a secret life. And you're here spatially, but you're not there. The old songwriter, you're far, far from home. And we would sing pleading songs, come home, come home. You're still a son, even if you are sleeping with the hogs. What's a son sleeping with hogs for? What's a son eating corn husks for? A son in the wrong place. Get back to your father. Get back to your father. Take me back where I first received you. Take me back. Much of God's church is in these cold, lukewarm days, backslidden and hard. And they're far from God, far from where they've known him before. They've got a memory of where they used to have a heartburn. Let us respond to this Savior. Draw nigh in you. Do you want to get back? Do you want to know him? Do you thirst to be in his presence? Do you thirst? You know, when you want to sin, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord doesn't hear me. He doesn't want me unless I want to confess it and get right. But as long as that sin's got you by the throat, uh, you'll, you'll feel far, far from God. Draw, draw near to God. Draw near. Draw near. 
And that brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our program, I'd like to leave you with our contact information, especially in light of the fact that this is a listener-supported ministry. And as you contact us, not only with prayer support, but financial support as well, we're able to continue the ministry, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Friday as well here on KFAX. Please prayerfully consider that as you contact us today with your gift, 855-833-9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And another way to contact us, probably the easiest, is through our website, valleybible.org. It's there that you can even take advantage of our secure online donations. You can also take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth and walk in Christ. Again, valleybible.org. It's there that we also have a bit more information about who we are and what we believe and directions if you would like to join us for worship. Service times are at 9 and 11 this morning, and we'd love to see you face-to-face. And don't forget, as you partner with us financially and become a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a -a once-a-year special gift, along with access to Take a Break, which is the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. Find out more at valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.